Faith for Today with Colin Urquhart and Julia Fisher. You were telling us yesterday uh, a little bit more about why you have translated the New Testament, Colin. It's uh, just been published. It's called The Truth. And we're reading Ephesians as you have translated it. We've reached chapter three. You spent quite a long time yesterday explaining how God gave Paul a revelation about what he was doing. Yes. God needed, after the events of the cross, the resurrection and Jesus' return to heaven, he needed somebody, um, a, a much more intellectual person than his original disciples so that he could have someone to who could have the gift of explaining things to people. It's not just intellect you understand um, because God gives understanding by revelation um, but you do need somebody with a gift to communicate uh, that truth and Paul obviously he, he wasn't it seems from what he says renowned as a great preacher but he could communicate the truth he could teach the truth and he could certainly write the truth in a way that 2,000 years later we are very, very grateful for. In this chapter 3, he talks about the mystery. How have you translated that? Well, uh, in um, uh, the hidden things, I would say these are the hidden things. What, what to, You see, what is a mystery? A mystery is something that you don't understand, something that's hidden from your understanding. And and how I've put it is that Paul says, so that I could tell you of the hidden things that have been revealed to me. And he then goes on to say, now that I'm writing in this way, you will be able to understand the insight I have been given into these truths about Christ that remained hidden to those of other generations. Remember, Paul was a Jew, and therefore, in the whole of his upbringing, he was steeped in the Old Testament. And what he, and of course the early Christians were very well aware, was that the Old Testament is full of prophecy, uh, revelation, if you like, about the Messiah and about the coming of the Messiah and what he would accomplish and do. So um, Paul was aware that as a Jew, he knew these prophecies, but he didn't understand how they were going to be fulfilled. And he didn't understand, together with all the Jewish leaders virtually, uh, during the time of Jesus here on earth, just did not understand that it was necessary for the Messiah to come twice. The first time as a suffering servant, the first time to give his life as a sacrifice for the people. Never understood that, although it's clear many places in the Old Testament, Paul never understood it. And he knew that most of his fellow Jews never understood it. And that's why they rejected Jesus as their Messiah, because he didn't fit into their expectations. They were wanting a glorious and majestic, victorious king, which of course he is, and that is how he will come when he comes again. So, you know, Paul was was very well aware that for generations, this truth, this revelation of the Messiah had been hidden. People just hadn't understood it. And now he feels so privileged, not only to have received the revelation, to know Jesus Christ as his Messiah, although he opposed Jesus in the early, earlier in his life, 
but he feels so privileged to be called by God to be somebody who could communicate the truth. And of course, he always had this longing, although most of his ministry was among the Gentiles, he always had this longing for his fellow Jews to become believers and to know Jesus as their Messiah. So he points out, uh, because of course in Ephesus there would have been a mixture in the congregation of Jews and Gentiles, non-Jews. He said, these things have now been revealed by the Spirit to those whom God has raised up as apostles and prophets. It seems strange that because of the gospel, those who are not Jews are heirs together with Israel of all that God has promised. Both Jewish and non-Jewish believers in Christ form one body and they share together in the promises given by God through him. So uh, Paul is seeing this emerging of this new body of people, uh, the church, Jews who came to recognize that Jesus was their Messiah, non-Jews who previously had no part in the promises of God that were given to the Jews, but now they are incorporated into Israel. They become part of this new Israel that is emerging out of the old Israel. Very important for us to understand that when Jesus came, he didn't scrap Israel and start all over again. He came to fulfill the law. He came to fulfill all the promises that were given to his people Israel. He came to make it possible for Israel to fulfill her destiny, but more than that, for people of other nations to be incorporated into this destiny and to become part of this one purpose of God. And, and so Paul is seeing emerging in the early church this new body, this new man, this this... Um, union of Jew and non-Jew that actually your race didn't matter uh, and actually where you had been in terms of God before didn't matter because you become a new creation in Christ. So Paul is saying this has always been hidden in the Old Testament that the prophets have spoken about this from the beginning but now we're seeing it emerging. This is what's happening. Absolutely. Uh, he he understood the whole gospel in the context of God's purpose for Israel. And, I mean, Paul was absolutely adamant. God had not scrapped Israel. He was not going to fail to fulfill all his promises to Israel, but they would be fulfilled through Christ and through this new body uh, that of Christ that was actually coming into existence, consisting of Jew and non-Jew. Must have sounded very radical. Well, it was very radical, especially to the Jews. And, and of course, it produced, in the early church, it produced the first dilemma, because you had these, um, what were called the Judaizers, um, the, the very legalistic Jewish believers, who wanted all Gentiles to become to adopt the Jewish faith, really, to be circumcised and, and to adopt the law. And uh, this was, of course, the subject of the first great council of the church, the Council of Jerusalem, that we read about in Acts chapter 15. 
where um, Paul and the others that had been ministering with him in Gentile lands went to Jerusalem and submitted really what they were doing to the apostles and the elders there so that there could be a clear ruling um, as, as to what was believed to be the truth about this subject. And it was said, no, Gentiles do not need to become Jews. They do not need to adopt the law. They do not need to adopt any Jewish practices to be Christians. Nevertheless, they are, as Paul understood, brought into Israel. So, you know, I as a, a Gentile, a non-Jewish believer, can praise God that I'm part of Israel, but I do not have to adopt the law. I do not have to adopt any Jewish practices in order to be a Christian. Very, very important for us to understand that. Because, you know, there are some Christians that try to act like Jews. In fact, they're more Jewish than the Jews. And I think it's very, very dangerous because it's actually... Um, going against what the scripture teaches that no 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 you don't you you live as a gentile to win the gentiles and the jews live as jews to win the jews and that's clearly the way that paul and the new testament church operated and i guess he goes on to explain that Yes. In verse 7, he says, God called me to be a servant of this gospel and gave me his grace so that he would work powerfully through me. I consider myself less than the very lowest of God's people, yet he gave me such grace. He enabled me to preach the gospel to the Gentile nations, telling them of the immense riches of Christ. I have been able to explain to everyone those things that formerly remained hidden in the purposes of God who created everything. His plan has always been that now his great wisdom should be revealed through the church, his people, that the church should declare these truths even to the heavenly rulers and authorities. Paul has this amazing concept of the church and really of the purpose of the church. And he sees how important it is for people to be real believers and to understand something of the greatness and the majesty of the purpose of God. You know, the purpose of God is to bring everything in the whole of creation under the sovereignty, under the headship and the lordship of Jesus Christ, first in the church and then in the nations in the new creation. And and so Paul's idea, Paul's concept of the church is not people that belong to a religious society or go to services or anything of that nature. Paul's concept of the church is these are the people that are living under the authority of Jesus Christ, who is head of the body, and these are the people through whom God is revealing to the world that everything in their lives has been brought under the sovereignty and the headship of Jesus Christ. So that, to Paul, is a Christian, someone who is manifesting in his life that Jesus Christ is Lord, not because he just says it, because not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, will enter into the, the kingdom of heaven. But uh, it, it's not just a question of words, but living under the sovereignty, demonstrating by our lifestyle that Jesus Christ is the Lord in our lives, and he is working out his purpose, that we demonstrate not only by the things we say, but by the things we do, what it means to be outworking the will and purpose of God on earth. You've been listening to Faith for Today, presented by Julia Fisher. This program is sponsored by Kingdom Faith. For further information, visit our website, kingdomfaith.com. 